Welcome back to The Vibe, guys. Today, I am so stoked to share with you Jessica Morelli from Palermo Body. The story behind Jessica is one I truly want her to share, but let's just say this product is not just a product, but one that comes from deep background, love, family, and sense of healing from the inside out. As I was reading about Jessica, I wanted to mention so many things on my own, but truly the best place to start is if you could introduce us yourself, where you are, where you come from, all of that good stuff. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am coming from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I originally am from Southern California, but I have lived in New York for 11 years. Crazy. Yeah. Where'd, and where'd you go to school? Like, what's your, what's your background of, like, not knowledge, like, life? Like, where'd you go to school? Where'd you study? What was, like, you know, what was, like, your 18 to 24-year-old vibe? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I went to community college right out of high school. Um, I wasn't exactly certain what I wanted to do, um, but I, I was working, going to school, having fun, um, and I was focused really on communications, um, studied English, rhetoric, um, political science, like lots of different things that have to do with people and understanding how people communicate and interact with each other and didn't have a focus, but um, really sort of found my way into loving how people operate with one another in relationships. And I found the soap making process and that's kind of what led me on the journey I've been on. Um, but during the time that I was in school, California, where I was living, um, wasn't in a great place financially and didn't take new students when they were ready to transfer in the spring semester. And so I was waiting to transfer for fall to a uh, university. And I decided within that time frame that I had, um, you know, a semester off to move to New York. And so I ended up never finishing my undergrad and I went back to school for a little bit here and there in New York, studied graphic design, which has really helped a lot with running my business and being able to, um, you know, wear lots of different hats. Totally. yeah, I never, I just got right to work when I moved to New York when I was 23 and, um, and the rest is history. I love that. And I'm such a big believer. I went to college, but I, I'm a big believer that like, you don't need to take that route. And I really think this will lead me into my next question, but I really think if like my kids, let's pretend came to me and said like, I'm super passionate about this, I would trust that and like go with it. I think college is not the only route that's, I just asked because I like to, some people love to rep their school. Some people, I love to hear that they didn't go to, that they didn't do that. And I think it's super important to hear about different vices and how people chose their route. So before I dive deep, I wanna know what was, this is something I ask everyone, what was young Jessica like? Because I think that everybody's youth comes out in their older years and what you loved as a child does bring up times in, your elder years so like as I'm saying elder as if we're like geriatric uh, (laughs) as we're talking about the dog um no but like but like truly like what were you what's something that you see from your young self that you brought into today looking back at my childhood I was always really creative I loved painting I loved music I loved theater um I was involved in lots of different programs being able to 
speak to those aspects of myself as a child. And I was very fortunate that I had people in my life that encouraged me to focus on those areas. I loved musicals. Um, I loved the Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals. I don't know if you're familiar. I am. <laughs> um, the Sound of Music, Carousel, Oklahoma, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I, I was a dreamer then. I'm a dreamer now. I would say I'm a lot more grounded in facts now and um, have taken on a lot of perspectives from people around me that I really respect that um, that test theories versus yeah. just you know having them. But early on, that's really who I was. And I'm glad that I was that person early on, that that was embraced and that that is still part of who I am now. I think part of growing older is, the best part of growing older is being able to see how you change and see what opinions and um, different facets of your personality come on as you encounter and engage with people around you and build relationships and respect perspectives of other people. Um, but holding on to those things that are truly you are the most important thing that I you do that. as you grow up. I love that. I think that's so great. And I think that's so important. I feel like no one ever really dives deep into like, I mean, I studied family studies and psychology as a, in college. So for me, it's so important. And I, and then when I look at my own self and think of when I get interviewed, I'm always like, why don't they ask me about what I was like as a kid? Because who I was as a kid is literally who I am now, was that I grew up in a single family household. I'd go to meetings with my mom and ask people like how much they made per year at age like four, because that's just what I heard. And like, not that I'm that's the same, that's still a girl today, but like, I will definitely be ballsy and go, that's, that's yeah. just what I, that's just how I was taught. And I feel like yeah. those little things do, create the type of human that you want to be and the type of dialogue you're ready to have and the open level that you're going to be. So I just had to ask that. So kind of grounding back to Palermo body where we need to get to, I want you to talk to us about your influences. For me, when I was reading your story, I thought about your Nona. Is it Nona's the right way to say it, right? Yeah, okay, exactly. good. Um, and I feel like she was one of your major influences and honestly, what an OG influencer to be honest. <laughs> because yeah, she really, they really, my grandma, rest in peace, she knew everything. Like she really like, I wish now having like the products I have and whatnot, like I wish she could see them and tell me like, no way Alexa. She would literally, she was the boss. She was the headmaster in charge. I want to hear about how she influenced you. And I want to know not I want to know, I want you to tell people the beautiful story about her, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, if I go deeper into your no-no, I'm going to cry about my grandma. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, just to, just to um, extend a bit about what you were saying, these, these influences on our life that started when we were young, and then we got to um, if you, if we've been lucky enough to grow older with them, really our relationships evolve and we it, it's such a foundation of what I go back to and what I think about um neither one of my grandmothers are still alive sadly but my Nona who was the main influence to start Palermo Body was who I spent a lot of my childhood with and my um my parents separated when I was very young I grew up with both of them and um they remained close 
Um, but I, my mother was going back to school when I was young. And so I spent a great deal of time with my Nona, um, after school, before school, I would garden with her. She would cook for me. She was someone, um, that was a safe, safe place for me when I was young and, um, encouraged that creativity and, um, nurtured my love for animals or for whatever I was interested in. She was Sicilian and had come to the United States when she was around 11 or 12 years old. And so she was still, still had a lot of the Italian heritage that she really grew up with and tried to hold on to as much as she could. And in a, in a changing world where everything around us at that time was fast paced as quick as you could, she really knew how to slow down and she thought about every single thing that she brought into her home and put into her body and like both of my grandmothers she was very ahead of her time or you know she was very old school no matter like whichever way you look at it um and so thinking about you know fast forwarding ahead to when i was um it was 2000 Eight when I started making skincare and started making soap. Um, so I was like 20 years old, I think. And um, I fell in love with the process and wanted to start making products that embodied these values that when I was young um, were so important to my Nona. And so I decided to name the company after where she was from in Sicily, which is Palermo. And um, I knew that although at the time there wasn't anything on the market that was remotely close to what I was doing, at least not mainstream, not anything that I, I could really find outside of the local uh, health food store, Yeah, you know, was packaged not, not <laughs> the way that I would necessarily want to keep it out on my countertop. Um, and I knew that that was something that was really important to me, was important to her. And I felt that it was going to be something that people found really important to them. At the time, natural food and organic food was really blowing up and yeah. everybody was talking about how everything needed to be organic, that they were eating. And I was like, it's only a matter of time before people start looking at what they're putting on their skin as well. So I taught myself how to formulate. I promised that I would only use natural ingredients in the products that I made and I would go out and sell them to people at local markets or local stores and um, it was very novel in 2008 2009 that somebody was making things making products with all natural ingredients they're like oh that's cute um, that's cute <laughs> uh, that's so nice I'll buy a soap from you and then um you know, little by little, year after year, more and more people were coming to me and saying how important it was to them that they only had natural ingredients in the products they were using. And they would question me about where I would find ingredients or, you know, is this sustainable, <laughs> you know, um, and is this organic? And it became such a joy to be able to connect with customers on that way. Um, and then in 2015, I decided, you know what, this is really gaining some legs. Um, what's, what I thought was happening is happening in the industry and I want to create 
a branded presence of this company that that I've created. Um, and that's when I decided to brand Palermo as it looks today and launch in um, in the way that we have and sell to retailers and online and whatnot. I love it. Amazing story. You literally, my question, you already answered it. So that's perfect. I was going to say, like, tell us the background behind Palermo, the brand, everything. So what did you notice was lacking in the industry that you knew you could achieve or elevate? Early on, it was the natural aspect of the products. Um, nothing in the stories were representative of what I wanted to put on my skin. That was the very initial um need for what I was doing. I wanted to create products that my Nona would have wanted to use. And there nothing was like that in 2008. And so that was the initial reason. Um, 2015, I think creating natural products was still pretty novel. It was becoming more and more mainstream, um, but it was still considered a niche market. Fast forward to 2021, Natural is not niche. Natural is the baseline. And I am so incredibly proud to have been a very small part of that transition and have been able to offer products for people for as long as we have been in that way and like that they could trust. Um, So that was the original impetus for what I was doing. Um, and what was needed in the market. Today, I think the answer is quite different. Uh, I've wanted to change messaging around anti-aging and how aging is a privilege and it's something that we should embrace and we want to take care of ourselves. That doesn't mean that we have to grow older and hate our wrinkles. Um, we can love ourselves. We can do, you know, you can get Botox if you want to get Botox. That's fine too. I just think that the consumer should be the one choosing what they want to do based on what they feel is aligned with what their desires are versus brands being the ones to push people towards feeling that they need to do anything because the person, the customer isn't adequate the way that they are. So that's a big thing that I think really needs to change and it's starting to, and I look forward to being able to be a bigger part of that as we continue to grow as a brand. And I was actually just going to ask you what your like aha moment was. And I feel like that was kind of an aha moment of you being like, well, it's about the person, not the brand. Um, But did you ever have, did you have like an aha moment of being like, fuck doing all of this. I'm head in this. Like, for instance, I just had a, a guest on and she was like, straight up, I read Shoe Dog. She was, an, she was a venture capitalist. She was like, I read Shoe Dog and thought she was doing her side hustle on the side. And was like, I read Shoe, Shoe, Shoe Dog and was like, this is it. That was my aha moment. She was like, once I read it and she quoted something by the author, Phil Knight, and was like, if you don't put in a hundred percent, like I'd rather risk that and not know. And obviously we all know Nike's one of the biggest companies, but that was her. She was like truly reading that book was my aha, my aha moment of being like, I'm done working for a venture capitalist. I'm done everything. I'm taking my savings and I'm going to go do this. And it, it obviously was a great success for her. Yeah. So what was your aha moment? If you did have one. Yeah, I think I I think I have them all the time. <laughs> Honestly, not not as if it's like some prolific thing. It's just 
it's like, you know, you really have to listen to your intuition. And I think, you know, speaking to that guest's intuition, being able to read a book and identify so closely with the message is such a special thing to have happened to you. And hopefully we can have more moments of that in our life and we can really listen to our intuition and try and stifle or ground, you know, drown out the fear. Totally. Um, I think for me, there have been a few. I think a very early on one was just really not seeing what I wanted in the market and mm-hmm. being like, you know what? I want this. My Nona wanted this. Mm-hmm. And I think other people will too. Um, so that was an early on one. One that really was like in 2014 before I decided to quit my full-time job and, and you know, put everything into this business full-time job and then take three part-time jobs to put everything into the business of course (laughs) that I had I mean I remember the day that I decided to quit my job I had had a really hard day at work and I was like you know what as much as I loved where I was working and I loved the company um I was ready I was ready to to put faith in my own destiny and and into what I could do and produce for myself that was a really big aha moment and even more recently as soon as a couple weeks ago um COVID has been so hard for so many people it's been so great in so many ways for so many people as well and we and as a business and as on a personal level I've been able to recognize the differences in in which it's been amazing for us and in which it's been really very very difficult and so the past few weeks have we've had you know turnover in the business and we're having supply chain issues just like everyone and it's been very hard and um you know there came a decision where I was like, okay, I'm going to take this really big step that is going to, that I've been wanting to take for years. And, you know, it means putting a big investment into the business. And what that means long-term is that I need to likely go out and fundraise next year. And that's something that I've been thinking about doing for the past two years. So it's not like a, oh, I need to fundraise. That's like a new thing. But it was really doubling down on the fact that I would have to do that. And I got really scared. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make this big investment. And then what if I go out and raise and it's not successful. And then I put everything I have on the line. And then all of the people working for me, you know, they're relying on me to be able to make this happen too. And so all of the fear mongers started, you know, my own internal. Fear fear is a real thing. Fear like takes over so much harder than like your it's crazy what fear can stop people. I think that's what the girl was kind of saying with shoe dog is like, you can't let the fear stop you from like what you know is deep down in your gut that you know that like trust your intuition. Absolutely. Yeah. So the aha moment was realizing that I was, if I didn't make that big investment, if I didn't take that big risk, I would be exactly where I was in that moment. Nothing would change. I couldn't get myself out of of the path that you know you know this is where we are and i wasn't happy with where we were at that moment and so i was like i either stay here not happy or i take this big risk 
And sure, I can try and formulate all of the ways it could go wrong six, seven, eight months from now, but I'm discounting those six, seven, eight months of time that I'm going to have working my butt off to try and make this work. And so that was really the aha moment I had where I was like, you know what? I have to go for it. I really have to, you know, I have to give myself every single chance I have and I have to do whatever I can to keep myself healthy so that I keep the fear away because when you make decisions out of fear, they rarely end up the way that you wanted them to be. Such a good like quote to like remember like deeply, deeply. Um, I have to ask, what has been your most proud moment thus far? And when I say proud, I mean not just proud for you, but proud for your Nona, because I can't help but think, I think of Palermo and I think of your Nona. It's just like a a thing I think about now. I just can't help it. So what is something you think would make her really proud? Now, besides you just creating this whole product line, just besides that. (laughs) I mean, I... I think the thing I'm most proud about has been being able to grow a team and build a team. And it's the hardest part of running a business without a doubt. The hardest part is the people part. Um, And I didn't have experience managing people or in a corporate sort of environment. Um, I worked in restaurants before deciding to quit and I worked at some of the best restaurants in New York City and it was a full-time job. You had to know the menu, the wines, in and out, you know, it was, it was physically very grueling, but also, you know, it was, it really is a very professional industry in New York, but I didn't have experience in the corporate or anything like that, how to build teams, how to onboard people, um, I don't know that I still know how to onboard And that's honestly probably the one thing I hear from most entrepreneurs is like managing other people and like, you know, the amount of people who are like, my first impression of this person was incredible. And then like three weeks in, I was like, fuck, what did I get myself into? Like, how how am I going to do this? And that is something that like, I swear almost every person who comes on here says, especially when it comes to like, being like, I never managed any people before. I never had to like hire people or figure that out. And they're like, that's really, they're like, building a product is hard. Find people is even hard. Being with people and like hearing, it's because when it's your dream and your work and then you have like these outside forces of people you like have are either just meeting or like you don't even know that well or whatever it may be, it, it can like drive, it can also create fear of being like, well, maybe I'm not meant to like, hire people. Maybe I'm not meant to create a product. Maybe this is all just like not for me. And it's great that you were able to break through that. Yeah. I mean, everything you just said are thoughts that go through my mind on a regular basis. I think, you know, I am one of these people and I think in all in ways, most people are, you know, our harshest critic. Yeah. But yeah, you, when, when it's hard, and it's hard continuously, you're like, Oh, I'm not cut out for this. This isn't, I'm not good at this, so then I shouldn't do it. And I get, I mean, that's how I feel all the time. I think the most rewarding part is not being good at something and keeping on it and keep learning. And then one day sort of having a realization where you're like, 
oh, I'm not that bad at this, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I might not be good yet, but I, I'm not that bad. Yeah. Oh, that was a really great interaction that I had, and I'm really proud of how I handled that situation. Totally. Um, and and it's also about the bad situations, like learning how to handle the bad oh, situations. Yeah. Like those moments, those, those moments are changing moments. Absolutely. <laughs> and being like, and, and also being like, wow, I handled that like a real boss. Like not, not bossy or rude, just like really how I would have wanted that handled back to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, um, there's this book called Reboot that a mentor recommended. And essentially it, it's, you know, the whole idea thesis behind it is that we're playing out our emotional history in our business. And if you're not processing your emotional history, it's just going to play itself out over and over again in your business. I think personally that that's true in in our personal lives too. I think that we keep, life will keep giving you the same lessons until you learn them. And we all have those things in our own lives or those friends that we just see keep making the same mistakes over again and over again. And you're just like, listen, that, like, that's going to keep happening until you're self-aware enough about this to change one of your decision-making points earlier on in the process. And Jessica, you literally sound like me. I say this one quote by Albert Einstein all the time. I'm sure you already know it. Um, you know, you can't expect change if you're going to do the same thing. You can't expect different results if you do the same thing the same way over and over again. And I say, I feel like I say that probably seven times a day to different people. I'm like, you can't expect this friend to accept your whatever moment because you haven't changed anything. They don't see change or anything within this moment. And I feel like what you just said was just like so spot on. Like you can't like expect things to be different or better or more efficient unless there is true awareness and true change and taking different routes. Maybe the route less traveled could be the route that you need to take. It's it's about really yeah. learning. I It's about continuing to, again, as you said, always learning, keeping those yeah. wheels moving, always learning, but also realizing that like, you know, you got to change up the recipe if you want something different in life. And I say that in life, not just like in making a product, like truly in life, you have to learn how to be so self-aware enough to know when you should add a little bit more, take away a little bit more, communicate a little bit more, take two steps back. Absolutely. And when you do that and you consciously are able to recognize that you made that choice and you made that change, I think that is one of the most rewarding things that a human can experience. Um, We really are at our core, a growth company. And I say that all the time to my team and to, you know, my friends and like right now in, in business terms saying we're a growth company means that you're bringing in more and more and more and more revenue month over month, year over year, whatever it is, like you're a fast growth company. That's not what it means for us. We're a growth company means that internally and externally for our customers, we do everything we can to promote growth. And yes, we sell skincare, but we believe that the small steps that you make to take care of yourself throughout your day are what can help you 
better set up the rest of your day and the rest of your life to make those little decisions that end up making a huge impact, that end up changing the way that you have done things for a long time that hasn't been productive for you. It seems maybe a little bit lofty to think that a skincare product could do that for someone, but routine is an incredibly powerful thing. And building healthy, strong routines is how you can create real change. And we believe in creating those routines around self-care and that's why we exist. I love that. And honestly, I feel straight up like I'm talking to my therapist because the way that you're talking about like even like being emotionally in it, I feel like some people would say never put your emotions into like whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. My emotions is who I, that's what's made my business. Like straight up, like me wearing my heart on my sleeve, I swear to God is the only reason I feel fortunate and lucky today. And I feel like a lot of people misconstrue that idea of like wearing your emotions or using your own emotional standpoint to like pinpoint a product or who you are or what it is or where you how you got to this place or why and I just think it's so amazing that you did mention that because that is something I so feel and so much of what a lot of the people I interview because I feel listen at the end of the day I hate to say this about my own self but I love people who are similar to me and who see the world in the same way that I do which is in that lens and I think that that's really really important yeah I mean to your point when we when we have a strong grasp of our emotions and understanding of them and and why we have them when we do encounter someone with a different point of view then hopefully we'll be able to articulate why we really feel the way we do about something and then also be open enough to seeing it from their point of view too and if that means that you want to change your opinion, then you can. So I think it's hard to be an an open heart person. And I can tell that you are too. (laughs) I'm somebody who wears my heart on my sleeve. Totally. I can tell both of us are. I can, I'm like, are you a Sagittarius? (laughs) I'm a Virgo. Oh. Virgo. I, I really respect and admire people who can be more guarded and can be more private and can, you know, hold their emotions uh, closer to the vest. I am not that person. Me I have tried to be, I've, I've beat myself up for not being that person. Um, but I think it's a balance of trying to know when it's, when you're in a safe place, talk about therapy, but when you're in a safe place to release your emotions and when you need, you know, you, you need to contain yourself to an extent so that you don't submit yourself to further pain. Um, so, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I think the more that I've grown, the more therapy I've done, which, you know, I do therapy biweekly on a regular basis. And then when it's, when things are really hard, I have sessions weekly. So I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I couldn't do my business. I couldn't function my personal life with all that's going on and all that we've all been through um, without it. And I wouldn't be the healthy happy version of myself that I am right now without it so 
Um, but with all of that personal work that I've done, I've been able to have a much more open mind, have um, deeper connections with people that I already feel really aligned with, and then have start you know, opening my mind to people who do see things differently, whether or not I agree with them, at least being able to put myself in their shoes, try and understand where they're coming from, and also understand even more so why I feel the way I feel and why I believe what I believe. I think when we're our healthiest versions of ourselves, then then we have more to contribute in the world for other people. And when you take care of yourself first, it's not a selfish thing. It's actually the most helpful thing you could do for anyone in your life. Absolutely. It's like that saying they say on the airplane, like put on your own mask before helping anyone else out because you can you can't help anyone if you can't help if you if you're not of 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 oxygen if you can't even help that you you have to help yourself first always it's not even I don't even think it's a selfish thing I think it's actually an amazing thing to be able to say to yourself like let me worry about myself first because I don't want whatever I have to pour on to someone else when I know that it's almost like I I call it emotional dumping sometimes where like you don't even realize like I always if I have something major going on I'm talking to a friend I'll be like are you ready to receive this information or couldn't do you want to wait a couple days like obviously yeah. they're my best friend they want to they want to hear what I have to say but sure. it's emotional dumping you have to like also come back to awareness you have to be super aware of like where people are reading the room like yeah. that's a huge part about like being an entrepreneur and starting a company is really reading the people around you and that is where emotional like emotions it's great to have emotions because that's the best way to read the people around you and especially with like investors and whatnot and gaining money for it like it's good to have an emotion and like show that like even me talking to you immediately was like you're so cute and your cheeks and this like it's like it's it's good to it's there are times you're totally right where like I look up to people who can be like stoic and like Mm -hmm. just there but then there are a lot of times where I'm like I know that if I wasn't the way that I was things wouldn't go the way that they are yeah absolutely I think um for me emotions have been some been a way that I can tell what is happening around me I can you know it's like for whatever developmental reasons um whether healthy or unhealthy I've been able to read emotions very well for a very long time and and navigate like what the situation is like going like in a room based on the emotions or even lack of emotions and so there's I've noticed things about myself um and you know and even in conversation with friends so i have a history of addiction in my family and so there are traits from people who have that experience that other people who haven't had that experience from a young adult from a young um like adolescence and growing up don't notice in a room when something is happening and even if it has nothing to do with addiction you just like there are things and if if you're you come from that sort of environment then then you know what I mean and and it's just a matter of like being able to be that person who's like okay we're going to change the subject or okay we're going to move into like like why don't we get going now or whatever it is or we also have a way of like really being able to make people feel very comfortable. Yeah. 
And that's a trait that, you know, as much as I get, I'm hard on myself for not being able to be more guarded and um, hold my thoughts or emotions close to the vest. I actually, you know, when, if I would have to give up the ability that I have to be in a room with someone who is feeling anxious or tense or whatever it is, and this, this knack of being like, we're going to be okay. And this is going to be fine. And like lightening the situation and making them feel safe. Um, it's one of the best things I think I could offer another person. And if I had to give that up in order to have the ability to keep my emotions and, and, um, be more stoic, like I I wouldn't. Agreed. Same. I'd rather like listen to a few of my podcast episodes I fully like hysterically cried because some people just really get they 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 get me they like I feel it so hard so I've like fully like just let go and you know it's I didn't know anything about any addiction issues that that were going on in your world but I think it's actually really interesting that you created like a wellness like it makes so much sense to me that you like created something that had to do with like clean yeah cleanliness skin good putting good things into your system and also like I feel like people always forget this that self-care isn't just about self-care it's actually like about loving your own self and in those like acts that I'll call them ritual acts because for me every night is a a ritual of doing my own nighttime routine but this is also when you say routines are so important I'm only pointing this way because that's where the products are um it's so important to have a routine and for you to start a company that you're like routines are so important and vital to like be a constantly growing human being that I think it now even more makes sense. I see see everything colliding even more. It makes so much more sense. Yeah. It's it's all making sense to me too, like, which sounds silly, but (laughs) really like when I embarked on this journey of entrepreneurship and, you know, I thought I was making skincare. I love, I was passionate and passionate about natural ingredients. I loved being able to make them by hand. And, you know, now I have a team making them with me. Um, but you know, that's really what I thought I was doing. And over the past six years since our, our launch in 2015, I've learned that, it's not really the it's not really the reason we're doing what we're doing. It is what we do, but it's not why we do it. Right. Why we do it is because of this personal growth journey. And so that's why, you know, I always say we're we're a growth company. Um, whether we make skincare or whatever it is to help you in your routine feel the best that you can. Right. Um, that's what it is. And I the past few years have been an incredibly challenging personal struggle with family and it it has made me double down on my therapy on my self-care there have been low points where my self-care has been terrible and then whenever I come out of those low points and get back into my routines of taking care of myself I have this new perspective on how important it is and it's even more important than it ever was before and so creating those routines and like that whole that whole process is just a learning growth process and it's taught me throughout that whole process that 
the, the why that we're doing this is about self-care and personal growth because deep down natural ingredients was really what got me started but with all of the challenging events that I've had happen throughout my life with family it really comes down to taking care of yourself and that's what I want for people I want people to be able to take care of themselves in my case you know that hasn't always been possible or been something that's happened with the people in my lives it's they're not taking care of themselves and the impacts that that have that has had on me have been really challenging and so therefore this business is a way for people a way for me to help people take the best care of themselves I love that, and I was actually going to ask you, um, what do you want people to take away from hearing your episode, but I feel like that's exactly it. Yeah, take care of yourself. It's hard. I It's hard. I have a really hard time putting myself first, and, you know, there are so many other things in our lives that seem like they're more important, but at the end of the day, they're really not. There's nothing more important than you taking care of yourself. Yeah. And when it, I don't have children, so it's hard to say this you know, to people who do. But you know, without without a happy, healthy, best version of a mom, dad, you could be. Then you know, is it the best thing that you can do for your child? I. In, I've been on the other side of that and the answer from a child's perspective is no um, it's not you need to take care of yourself first so yeah I love that as I'm like literally in tears I'm like wow you're right I'm like so as I've, I've been telling my, my therapist I'm spreading myself way too thin and just hearing you say that is like it's just like so true we gotta like take care like it's okay to worry about my own self and not like think about the other things that are infiltrating in my life and just hearing that was another just like big reminder but closing this out before I start crying which I do on many episodes because people like you just get me they just they just fucking get me like Samara here we go again every episode that I end I'm like Samara you did it again I'm crying Uh, (laughs) um what can we look forward to coming from Palermo so this year has been really looking back at 2020 and and how treacherous the year was for everyone emotionally and then also for the business and you know we did grow in 2020 and it was amazing to be able to you know have that growth in the company but it was very painful to be able to get there because of all of the challenges and so this year has been a lot about okay what you know, if we want to keep growing as a company, what are the things that we need to change in order to actually function the way that a company that is growing does? And so that's what we've been doing this year. And so next year in 2022, we are, we're, you know, we're going to hit the ground running. It's going to be really exciting. I haven't launched a product since 2018 and I have four that I'm hoping to launch next year. Amazing. So, the products for sure. Um, the holidays are among us. I'm not exactly sure when this will air, but it'll be, are- it'll, it's going to air, I believe on the, whatever Monday I think is the 14th of November. November. Great. So really the, the 15th, are- the 15th will be you. 
Okay. Yep. So with the holidays ahead, we have some really great uh, kits that we put together. And um, I just got one the other day and it's great. It's great and it's so cute. It's so well packaged. Absolutely. People should definitely get it. It's such a cute packaging. It's so adorable. These are just really three of our products that go well together that are meant to create a mindful moment for you. And so they're called our mindful kits and those will be coming out this holiday season and they make really great gifts as well um, for everyone. I mean, our products are very gender neutral also. And so um, I was actually just going to say your packaging is not like just for girls. It's very like it's for everyone. Yeah, it's for everyone. I was literally going to mention that. I was like, and just so you know, it's not like you're eating like a hot pink package. Like, it's literally like blue, cool, like cool tonal colors. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad I'm glad you picked up on that. And there's a little bit of everything in the box with the three products, whether it's an aromatherapy oil, um, a bath product, or oh, a body product, or a facial product. You know, it's three products that are meant to be used as a little mindful moment a sanctuary for yourself to help you create that self-care routine. So we're really excited about those coming out this holiday. Um, And then what you can expect from us all the time is a place that understands that you come first and we're going to do whatever we can to help you take that self-care step that you need that ends up being that domino effect of self-care choices in your day. Well, Jessica, you literally, first of all, like, on a podcast level, you just fucking crushed it. But on a personal level, like, you just made me feel something deeply. And I just want to thank you because I feel like it's not often that people get super real and are like, take care of you first. Take care of you first. We live in such a world where it's like, work, 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 and work more and keep going and don't stop. So it's really nice to hear that someone's main mission is to like worry about you and then help the world and i think that's really really special um before i start crying even so much that it means so much to you because it's the way that you speak about it though it's like it's 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 how you say it and do it it's like i can like literally i feel like you're like next door like right in front like even though you're in front of me i'm like this is just so touching and heartfelt and I can't wait for everyone to see your products use them and <laughs> we're both literally crying right now. Um, use them and to feel what I feel which is like a deep sense of connection with you and especially amongst anything with your no-no which I hope that is what people feel like a sense of family a sense of love a sense of self-worth like all of those things which are so important so Jess, thank you so much. It's been nothing short of a fucking pleasure to be talking to you these last 45 minutes. And I'm so excited to see what comes. And thank you for coming on the vibe. You truly are a fucking vibe and a half. And I hope we can remain friends. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure, Alexa. I love this and really appreciate you getting down and real because, you know, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Thank you so much for coming on. I literally, I'm going to be crying all night. <laughs>